Joining us now uh, from MattsonSports.com uh, is good friend Steve Molesky. Steve, welcome in. I'm sitting here with my former producer who stopped in today to surprise us, Bonza Tufa. Go Tigers. You know it. You That's know right. it. <laughs> Two Tigers there. Two Tigers How you guys there. doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Um, how much time are you spending right now on just monitoring all the Manny Machado noise right now? <laughs> I mean, you have to follow it, but I'll tell you my experience of the trade deadlines over many years has been that uh, there's a lot of rumor and speculation and a lot less action. Of course, this year we expect some action with the Orioles, and Manny seems almost certain to go, so... You pay more attention to it, but handicapping it is difficult. And as you guys know, it might look one day like Team X is really coming hard, and then all of a sudden we read the next day that the same team thinks the Orioles want too much, and now this other team is in it. So um, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting month, let's put it that way. Um I very rarely ever say to you, hey, I've got a great idea for a Steve Molesky article, but I did a little research yesterday because of my after bird watching show, uh, which got booted last night because of Wi-Fi difficulties. It's unbelievable what kind of problems I'm having. But anyway, the trade that the Tigers made with Arizona last year with J.D. Martinez going over there July 18th, mm-hmm. 2017 – they acquired the Tigers acquired three players back, and um, they all were infielders: Dual Lugo, Sergio Alcantara, and a teenager who's just nineteen now, which means he was eighteen a year ago. Jose King. I think there's a a little bit of a roadmap there as to what the the highest the Orioles could really hope to get um, in, in a total package for Manning. Well, you, you just don't know. I mean, there was the Araldus Chapman deal, which I think brought five players, including Glaber Torres. Um, and, you know, that's that's the one people look at and go, wow, can you get a haul like that for a rental? Well, they did. And then they got him back. So, you, you know, what you really need is, which I think we're going to see here, is a couple contenders going hard and fighting for him because, As Ken Rosenthal wrote, this might be the best rental player ever available, and he clearly can be a difference maker. And while fans have criticized his defense at short, I think he can be a good shortstop defensively. And you bring a premium bat at a premium defensive position. Uh, And a acquiring team may look at it as it's our chance to make a great impression to try to retain him. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to go hard after Manny, and the way the National League East is shaping up in some of these races, you know, teams are going to have to take a look at it. Hey, Steve, uh, I got a question actually for both of you, but I'll let you answer first. With Machado going to short, has that increased his value or decreased his value so far this season? I think it's increased. Um, let's let's be honest, he hasn't played a dynamic great shortstop. Uh, I thought he, he would be a little better but I think teams know he can play third obviously they've mm-hmm. seen it mm-hmm. and um, the skill set is there for Machado to be a good shortstop um, and most teams uh, would love to have an offensive shortstop so he's not a liability I don't 
by the defensive metrics which rate him so low as the worst. There's no way he's the worst. There just isn't. That arm alone. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not a you, you know I'm a really not a big believer in defensive metrics. I don't understand mm-hmm. them. Um, even people who believe in them, uh, I think um, I forget one of the writers just wrote about it. Who's very one of the real is it Eno guys. Eno Saris? That's the guy. Yeah, Eno Eno actually took up for Machado, saying that while That's the numbers are down. They they are too small a sample to really... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this yeah. is the guy who's wedded to these stats. I mean, he knows it better than any. I mean, this is, rules his life, practically. And he, he himself is saying, don't totally buy it. Yeah. And so, uh, I do think the general managers in baseball look at Manny Machado and say, he can play shortstop. And he's not, um, and Trouton Simmons, not even close. But he can grow into being better, and I just think uh, – I don't think it hurt his value. Well, moving on from individual value, looking at the team, I know – I haven't been following the Orioles as much because I've been away, but I've seen people complain when Tim Beckham was there how his play at third wasn't that great. And then Scope was injured, I believe, as well. Yeah. But do you think Machado being at short kind of messed up the infield defense? Because when you think of the infield defense, you thought – Machado at third, Scope at second, Davis at first, and then Beckham after Hardy left. And that was a pretty good core infield. But has it changed now with Machado moving to short and Beckham playing at third when I he's healthy? I think what would happen is, let's say, let's rewind the clock. Manny never moves. He plays a great third base. Beckham goes to short. And we're going to find out that Beckham comes up short at short. Mm-hmm. And then fans are going to be writing to our blogs and calling your shows saying, Manny would have made that play up the middle. Manny would have turned two there. Yeah. Beckham didn't get in the hole. Manny's arm would have gotten that out in reverse. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. I think the bottom line here is you have two players. One's a really good defensive player, and one is mediocre on yeah. defense, and maybe mm-hmm. not even, and that's the issue. You know, you know what the thing really shows, though, is how valuable – J.J. Hardy was when he was healthy and able to go to the post, how he was the glue to this whole thing, though. Doesn't it, Steve? And it shows how guys like Mike Bordick and J.J. Hardy uh, should be so appreciated for their unbelievable pitch-to-pitch focus. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, I don't don't think we saw it, and we we probably didn't appreciate it. Uh, because you can, if you let your guard down for a half second, something can go wrong. And did J.J. ever have his clock? You know, like they say, Manny, sometimes you could see early on his clock, as Buck says, wasn't right. quite right. right. J.J. never had that. No, he didn't. Did we ever watch J.J. Hardy make a play and say, J.J. should have got rid of that ball sooner? No, right. we never did. <laughs> right. Right. And so you're right, Stan. J.J. was something. Hey, uh, following this this trade talk a little bit, is there any surprise that you could see at the last minute, Steve? Uh, and I guess I'm mostly with O'Day and Blyer both hurt and untradeable. I guess I'm pointing merely to Trumbo. Do you see anybody aside from the people we've talked about, Machado, Britton, Brock, and maybe Adam Jones, is there any surprise candidates to be dealt? I mean, I think the surprise would be if the Orioles – Trade players who have more than who are not pending free agents. Right. If they trade play, if they trade a Jonathan Scope, if they traded uh, Kevin Gosman, 
if they package Tanner Scott or something with one of these guys. Mm-hmm. These are all players that we kind of assuming are part of their future, and yet if you're truly going to rebuild, um, you might have to part with things you don't want to part with to make the package returning better. And so um, there could be some of that, and I think the Orioles should look at some of that. I'm not advocating trading the players I mentioned. I'm just saying they have to be open to everything right now because it's gotten so bad they really have to be open to any possibility that could help them. We're talking with Steve Molesky of Masson Sports. Steve, I know you know the minor leagues better than anybody in town, and that's because you've worked it really hard. And I know you know Gary Rasich pretty well and Brian Graham pretty well. Uh, the Orioles got this kid from Oregon State, the World Series champions in college baseball, uh, Caden Grenier. And normally, uh, I'm not used to seeing somebody jump up to start at Delmarva like a week out of the Baseball World Series. Um, they must really like this guy. Are they force-feeding him a little higher to see if he sticks? Uh, or, do they, or do they really think this is purely his level right now? I mean, I think um, most of those kids, top college players, could probably go to Delmarva. Yeah. I think most years they send them to Aberdeen because what happens is when you draft a college player coming off a long college season, the first year in the pros is mm-hmm. not that big. It's about getting him in the system, getting him some at-bats or some innings, let him learn the Orioles' methods, let him learn the Orioles' coaches, get to know him, let him get to know you. And that's really what that first season's about. You get drafted, you get to a team in July, and there's only, you know, I mean, the minor league season's end Labor Day. So you're there for a month or two, you get indoctrinated. I think in this specific case of Grenier, you had a player who played as much as anybody in college because they went to the final game. Yep. So they didn't have to give him any downtime. He's ready to go. And the complicating factor here was Adam Hall, a young shortstop who's starting every day at Aberdeen, who they need to get reps. He needs to play. And I think the Orioles look at it as two of our best shortstop prospects are Grenier and Hall. They can't be on the same team because we want them both to play just about every day here. Mm -hmm. And so I would think as the season goes on, Grenier might not play every day. We'll see how he holds up. And so right now they're just kind of letting him roll with it right into his pro career. It's not that big a jump for him, I don't think. But this kid's supposed to be really good and could move fast. So, And, and uh, just real quick, it went past me uh, the last week. Did we sign Blaine Knight, the pitcher from Arkansas? They signed him for $1.1 million. He got a nice overslot okay. bonus. Good. The deal got done, and they signed 32 uh, draft picks. And so that was a good Yeah, that was a good get. signing. Okay. Bonza. Yeah, I wanted to ask, you're talking about young players. Here's a young player in the Orioles team that kind of surprised me in terms of how much he's struggling. What's going on with Trey Mancini? I I don't know. I mean, he... Like, I've heard a sophomore slump, but this has been all season almost. He has had a lot of struggles this year, and I think he just keeps fighting himself and beating himself up, and he takes it so hard and... <clears throat> I mean, Trey and Scope, we just did not expect this. And right. so, um, just got to keep working and fight his way out of it. I mean, I, st- I still see times where I see his bat be quick to the ball, and like he drove that home run, and maybe it was in Philly the other day, I, f- I forget where, and it looked like the old Trey, and, you know, he's briefly shown flashes, but he- he's not been locked into any big 
stretch of hitting here. Is is Jonathan Scope fully healthy? Is he 100%? As far as I know, yeah. he is. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, no one, as they say, no one's 100% this deep in the season. That's There's always true. things, but it's uh, no injury issues I know of. Hey, Steve, uh, when the Orioles uh, moved Cedric Mullins up from Double A Bowie to um, Norfolk, got off to a you know, it wasn't a huge surprise, but he didn't hit the ground running. Uh, he was batting about 156 through his first 40 at bats. Now I pop up like two and a half weeks later. He's hitting 277. Uh, his one base percentage is very respectable. DJ is having a, a not a great year, but a pretty decent year. Do you think we'll see both of them in the second half of this season? I think season? we'll see Mullins for sure. DJ Stewart has cooled off a little bit. Yeah. And so. Mullins right now is just really hot. It's been a three- or four-week run of 300-plus hitting with power and speed, and I'm frankly a little puzzled why they just they don't bring him here now yeah. because if he struggles, I think he could handle it, and I think it's time <laughs> for Mullins. Uh, uh, what I hope they don't do, and I've seen the Orioles do this, is a guy tears it up for a month, cools off for eight days, and then that's when they call him. So... Right now, his bat is hot. His confidence level is high. As Buck said, his defense is good. I don't know what the issue is, um, what they're working at worrying about, whether maybe they – I'm just speculating here. If they put him in center, would Adam move? I think he would. Is that uh, too controversial to do at this point? Who knows? But, yeah. um, you know, you could put Mullins in right. He's played the corner too, sure. so he should be here. We're talking with Steve Molesky of MassInSports.com. Hey, Steve, you know this is coming. You and I, Towson alum, I got to ask you a couple questions about the Tigers. So, um, football team, 50th anniversary. There's got to be a lot going on with that football team, and I'm guessing you're going to be going to some of the games. You better believe it, yeah. It's it's a a neat thing. It's the 50th year football at Towson, and I saw recently they had the four coaches back. Um, there's only been four head coaches in the history of the program, yep. Carl Runk and Phil Albert and Gordy Combs and Rob Ambrose, and a couple of them were on each other's staff. So, I mean, it's just been a really continuous link there. Gordy was an assistant for Albert, and uh, uh, Rob was an assistant for Gordy, and now Gordy's in the radio booth with yep. Spiro. Yep. So it's all kind of <laughs> tied together. And Carl Runk, I'll tell you a story. When I was an undergraduate at Towson, they had me broadcast lacrosse games, and I knew very little about lacrosse, and I was very honest to tell Carl Runk, Coach Runk, I'm doing these games. I don't know much about lacrosse, so when I ask stupid questions, can you humor me? And he could not have been nicer. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have He's a great met guy, him. Carl Runk, yeah. He By the Prince, way, we had, Tim, man. we had Tim Leonard on our TV show about 10 days ago, two weeks ago. The special $50 price for season tickets – so, in other words, you want two season tickets for five games, you know, you and your brother, you and your grandfather, you and your uncle, or a husband and wife, if they're still talking to each other uh, by the end of the week. Tick, one ticket is $50 for the whole season, so two is 100 uh, to, to to commemorate, commemorate. 50 years of Towson football. It's pretty cool. It's a good price, and those of us who buy season tickets appreciate that (laughs) and look forward to the first game late in September is the first home game. And the tailgating has gotten really good over there. It's fun. It's a good day. The the, the parking is free in a couple of those lots right by the stadium. Yep. So, I mean, the Tigers do a lot right to get people out, 
and it's a lot of fun. All right, switching from Towson football to Towson baseball, how about Richard Palacios? Have you tracked him at all? You know, I was doing a little research and work about uh, him before the draft because there was a lot of buzz with the Orioles. Uh, they'd right. seen him. They liked him. Uh, Buck even had mentioned him a couple times. And so I thought, here's a good chance the Orioles would draft him. And I actually reached out to Towson Sports Information. Hey, if uh, the Orioles draft this kid, can you hook me up with an interview? And they were prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they went to, I believe, Cleveland, I think, got him. Yeah, third round. So. Yeah, I don't know too much really? about uh, what's happened since, yeah. though. Well, yeah. Towson got very lucky because he was very under-recruited. But let me tell you, when he played— What position is he? I think he First was drafted, draft. but he was Shorts. drafted as a second baseman, okay. I believe. He played okay. short at Towson in, uh, um, I believe, it was the Arizona League that he was playing in. He, first at bat, he hit a home run, and he batted four thirty-eight in five games. Now he's wow. playing for the short-season single-A team. Right. So, hey, Steve, if you want to see him, if he doesn't get promoted by later on this month, he is going to Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be good. I mean, I have enough trouble keeping up with the Oriole guy. Fair point. But, uh, Fair point. I wish him well, and, man, that's um, that's pretty cool. Let's see if I can find him here. He's um, batting three forty-two right now with the Scrappers in 10 games. What city is that? That's their short season. Uh, Scrappers. I like that. It's called Mahoning Valley, I think. Oh, he's in Mahoning Valley now? Is that in Ohio or Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He is. I just looked at you right. 342 in 10 games. Boy, he's doing well. He's a great player. He comes from a baseball family. His dad played for the Tigers organization. His uncle played for the Royals. So he's got a lot of help going on in that family. And his brother plays for the uh, Blue Jays organization. Hey, Steve, before we let you go, we talked a little bit about Grenier, and uh, and I got confirmation, which I thought they had signed Knight because I hadn't heard otherwise, but I hadn't seen that. Is there anybody else, uh, you know, when you get a draft class of 24, 26 guys, uh, you know, uh, everybody's got a story. Is there one particularly that struck you from talking to Rasich or, or Dean Albany or any of the guys? I mean, uh, I mean, Blaine Knight is the one they really wanted to get yesterday, and it went down to the last 90 minutes, and he got $1.1 million, which is well over the slot. And, I mean, he just had an incredible year. He went 14-0. and Yep. He won in the College World Series. He pitched Arkansas to the Game 1 win uh, where, you know, they were on the doorstep of winning it. And so uh, he's got a lot of fans because yesterday when we were reporting the news that he had signed, the Arkansas people were just blowing up my Twitter. Um, he, you know, They love this kid. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I saw him pitch just very sparingly, he threw a curve and a slider, two very separate breaking pitches that were both looked really good. So I think the Orioles are excited how fast he can move. And I know they really, really are excited about Grayson Rodriguez. They think yeah. they got a big, strong, young, talented high school arm who's an articulate kid, a very poised young guy. And Where? so he started his career with a scoreless inning this week, and they'll pitch him. He'll pitch lightly because a high yep. school kid, they'll get him, you know, two innings here, three innings there, and then they'll get him into instructional league and then probably turn him loose at Del Marva next year. And where will Knight, will Knight pitch at Aberdeen? I think, yes, I'll guess that, Aberdeen or Delmarva, and I'll guess that Blaine Knight is going to pitch very sparingly yep. because yep. of the long college season. There's no reason to pack a lot of innings on his yep. arm yep. Uh, at this point. So they're going to see him pitch a little bit, but I'll bet it's just a little bit. And then the same thing with him. They'll let him have a winter to rest, and 
he'll get cranking full full season next year. All right, Stevie, we really appreciate. You know, we've been friends for a long time, but I'm not kidding. Uh, you, some of your best work has been over these years at Mass, and you really do a great job keeping everybody abreast of what's going on, both at the major league level but with a knowledge second to none at the minor league stuff. And you're a Tiger alum. And a Tiger alum. I mean, yep. what's not to like about yeah. me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I you like that. Are, you I like guys that. are very kind. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, we set him up to invite him on again sometime down the road. Yeah, yeah that's what it's really about. All right. Thanks. No, Thanks very happy much. Happy to do it, Stanley. Right. Thanks. Uh, enjoyed being with you guys. All right. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Great guy, Steve Molesky.